Blog Talk Radio. You know what I mean? 
Tell you how I feel today. I'm standing outside looking at this beautiful weather, even though it's a little chilly outside. And you know what I said, man? Today is a good day. Thank you, Jesus, for the day for this wonderful day. And I thought about the song I wanted to play. And here it is, y'all. Nancy Roots with Good Day. See y'all in about four minutes. Y'all enjoy, man. Nod your head. Let's begin now. I woke up this morning. And I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around, the ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look.
electronics and built a transmitter for the town's new radio station. He also invented a device to combine sound and motion pictures. Y'all didn't know that either, did you? I didn't either until I read this today. This attracted the attention of Joseph A. Numero of Minneapolis, Minnesota, who hired Jones in 1930 to improve the sound committee sound equipment made by his firm, Cinema Supplies, Inc. Around 1938, Jones designed a portable air cooling unit for trucks carrying perishable food and received a patent for it in July of 1940. Numero then sold his movie sound equipment business to RCA and formed a new company, partnership with Jones, the U.S. Thermo Control Company, later named Thermo King Corporation, which became a $3 million business by 1949. Just in a matter of nine years, y'all, not even 10 years, they had a $3 million business. It's all before 1950. Now, mind you, segregation and Jim Crow was still going on, but this is a black millionaire, y'all. He invented portable cooling units designed by Jones were especially important during World War II, preserving blood, medicine, and food for use at U.S. Army Hospital and open battlefields. During his lifetime, Jones was awarded 61 patents, 40 were for refrigeration equipment, while others went for portable x-ray machines. See, didn't know that either. See, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Also for sound equipment and gasoline engines. By 1944, Jones became the first African American to be elected into the American Society of Refrigeration Engineers. And during the 50s, he was a consultant to the U.S. Department of Defense and the Bureau of Standards. In 1991, the National Medal of Technology was awarded to Joseph A. Numero and Frederick M. Jones by President George Bush. He presented the award posthumously because, you know, they were gone, to their widows at a ceremony at the White House in the Rose Garden. Jones was the first African-American to receive the award. He died of lung cancer in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1961. He was inducted into the Minnesota Inventors Hall of Fame in 1977. That is Frederick McKinley Jones. So research, look him up, a black man. Self-talk, inventor, y'all. It don't come no better than that. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Hey. All right. <laughs> Woo. So y'all know when y'all see them trucks going down, they say Thurman King, y'all know. Y'all think about Mr. Jones, Frederick McKinley Jones. Interesting, interesting. Very good, in fact. Very good. I like that one. All right, all right. That's about a bit as good as Big Mary. I know y'all remember Big Mary. I remember Big Mary. Big Mary's in that knocking jokers out of the saloon, drinking whiskey, she carrying her playing. shotgun. Yes, her shotgun. Listen, she wasn't playing. No, sir. Well, I no, sir. <laughs> 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 All right, y'all. Oh, that was your black history moment. All right, this is Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk. I'm a co-host, T. Ross, riding with us. And uh, we got an open mic today, baby, open mic. That means from now until the end of the show, you got something to say. Hit number one on your keypad if you're on the switchboard. And uh, let's talk about some things. But 
you know, if you don't have anything to talk about at this moment, it's understandable. And, of course, I, Mr. Talk, and my co-host, P. Ross, we can carry you until you find something you want to talk about. I see I don't have to wait that long because someone has something they would like to talk about. So let me bring this wonderful caller in. Okay, area code 610, welcome to the show. And who do I have here and what do you have for me today? What's up, dear brother? This is Don from Philly. How you doing? What's up, Don? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, good. And how are you, lady? I'm Your doing great, How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So I want to talk about something. I don't know. I want to talk about something that's been on my heart. You know, it's been on my chest. I want to get it off my chest, man. Go well, get it off. Discussion, bro. That's what we're here for. Get it off. Get it off. Get it off. Oh, All right, cool. I want to talk about something called paper genocide. All right, paper genocide. <clears throat> I want to talk about our usage. Yeah, our usage of the word black and African American. Right. Mm-hmm. The term African American has only been since 1988. Thanks to Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesse Jackson is really the one who started the term African American. But we mm-hmm. all know, growing up, we weren't called that in school. Our grandparents were not called African American. You know. No. Um, right. Right. And black is just a status. Black is a title. It is a status. It's not a nationality. It's not an ethnicity. There's no land called black. There's no country called black. In other words, you know, everyone comes from a nation. Everyone hails from a people. Everyone have an ethnicity, right? It's not an ethnicity. So when we call ourselves black, we are not protected under any laws. Look it up. There are no laws that protect black people. Because black people right, don't man. exist. You you're right. Ain't no laws that protect black people. Ain't no laws that protect African Americans. Ain't no laws that protect people of color. It's up to us to protect us for real. Right. Well, but here's the thing. Yes. There is a law that there is a uh, the actually the Civil Rights Act of 1968, you know, also known as Public uh, Law 90-284, was actually written to protect us. Right. But we can't even apply it to our lives because. We're still really calling ourselves black. Yeah. But, yeah, go. But, uh, yeah, I just want to talk about how, like, we've been lied to in school about a lot of stuff, you know. We've been told that. You know, Alex Haley wrote the book Roots, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. We're all familiar with that, and we all believe it to be true, right? Fairly true. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. But we didn't know that Alex Haley, yeah, Alex Haley was sued in court by a man named Harold Corlander in 1976. He was sued in court mm-hmm. by a man named Harold Corlander who wrote a book named The African in 1960. Mm-hmm. Alex Haley That's right. plagiarized the book called The African and wrote a book called Roots. See? Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and he was sued for $500,000 and he had, he had to pay in 1976. And mm-hmm. he lifted 81 passages from that book, The African. So then they did the movie, and then we started to believe that our ancestors came over here on slave ships. But uh, a lot of holes in that story. Should I go any further? I agree. Yo, you go as far as you want to, my brother. Go ahead. All right. Bro, thanks, man. I love this show. All right, here you go. So, (laughs) all right, so I was in the Marine Corps for four years, right? And I always use this as evidence because I was actually out there on the Atlantic Ocean. The Atlantic Ocean is the most violent ocean in the world, right? And we've been sold the story of the transatlantic slave trade 
narrative, but yet there is absolutely no evidence of any transatlantic slave trade taking place. We have all Mm. these so-called African-American museums around the world, right? Well, around the United States, should I say. But yet there are Mm -hmm. no tangible slave ships that we could actually go and, and feast our eyes on, right? Now, if you look up Viking ships, they literally have, like, so many museums around the world where they have these Viking ships housed where we can actually go and visit these Viking ships that will have predated any transatlantic slave ship by 700 years, some even 1,100 years, right? And they have them perfectly preserved without a scratch on them. They, they were able to preserve them, you know, put all the staining on the ships and everything to make them look all nice, and we can go to these museums and check them out. But yet, we can't even find a wooden plank from one slave ship. Hmm, something wrong with this story. All right, so you know that we've been told hmm. that we came okay. over here as slaves from Africa, from West Africa. Mm-hmm. How was that possible? Right. Let me ask you. Let me ask the audience these questions. Where are the forests that were cut down to build these thousands of ships that should have brought over these millions of Africans? They say 23 million came over, 23 million died on the way. There literally should have been thousands of wooden ships, well, wooden boats, because that was the technology back then. Wooden boats for sale was a technology in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, you know, even 1800s for the most part. So where are the forests that were used to build these thousands of ships that, well, boats that were, they say were used to bring over these millions of Africans? On top of that, how did they store... Where they store the food and water? They say each boat fit 500 captives. Where was the food and water stored to to uh, sustain these captives and the crew, which would have been like, what, 100 or something, for this three- to four-month journey across the violent Atlantic Ocean where you have 40-foot waves on a regular day, right? Then you have mm-hmm. these slaves chained like sardines in the bottom of a ship you have them urinating, defecating, babies being born, dead bodies, scurvy, which is a vitamin C deficiency, which causes your teeth to fall out and you will die in about a month anyway. You have rats, you have lice, you have sickness, disease, bacteria, bed sores, the smell under there. And then they have to eat in these conditions and drink water. But bottled water wasn't even invented till the 20th century. So how are they able to do this? Like, who came up with this story, and why did we believe it, right? So when you think about it, <laughs> you still have hurricane season to deal with for six months because hurricane season lasts for six months, we all know. And we all also right. know that the hurricanes start at the west coast of Africa and make the, their way across the Atlantic Ocean, right, into the Americas. Mm-hmm. So how were they able to transport these millions of slaves and captives, like they say, within a short period of time with the technology that they had with the limited resources, because remember, Europe wasn't what it was until they found the Americas anyway, because then they started to send mad resources back to Europe, you see? So when you really look at it, we are not African. We so-called African-Americans are not African at all. You know, the out-of-Africa theory has been debunked in the 70s. So let's throw that out the window. That's already, we already know that's out the window. Transatlantic slave trade, bullcrap. 
When you look at the very first definition of American, which was published in 1828 by Noah Webster, right, this is the very first time American was ever defined in the history of the world. And it reads, a native of America originally applied to the aboriginals or copper races of people found here by the Europeans, but now applied to Europeans born in America and their descendants. So when you look at who the true Americans are, it describes us so-called African-Americans perfectly. And when you look at what our grandparents were called, they were called colored, right, colored people. Right. That's only short for copper colored. That's why when you look on birth certificates and death certificates, when you see colored, it's also synonymous with American Indian. So we've all heard the the story, oh, you got Indian in your family. You know, our comedians like Martin and everybody make fun of it. They make it a joke. But the truth is, we're, we don't have Indian in our family. We are the American Indian, not Native American. I'm not saying that we're Native I'm not saying we're those people out in Oklahoma, those federally recognized people. I'm not saying that we're them. They are a whole different people. But we are the American Aborigines of this land. So me personally, I have a problem with the, the, the term black. You know, we use black because there's no pride in black. There's no power in black. We've been screaming that since the 60s. That shit ain't work. Excuse my language. But we've been screaming that same thing since the 60s. It ain't, it ain't work. Black is a status. Okay. When you look up the Christian, the Christian black code, you'll see, you'll really understand how they've been using that even in Europe. They just brought their system over here to the Americas, and we're actually under their system. That's why they still use the same exact color codes. It's called the colors of law. They use the same thing for us. But... We're not African, you know, and I, I try to tell my people that if you look at African culture, they have their own culture, and it's pretty dope. I really dig their culture, they, the way they sing, the way they dance, but it's not like like us at all, you know. You'll never find a Michael Jackson in Africa. You won't find a Aretha Franklin in Africa. You won't find a James Brown in Africa. You will not find a Beyonce in Africa. Like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Because the Americans or the Americans, Ame in Portuguese for soul. The soul, the people rich with soul, American, that's what it means. The rich soul people, we're unique. We are the soul people of this planet. You know what I'm saying? And we have soul. We have swag. Ain't nobody got it like us. You know, and we, come on. We know that the whole world know who we are, but we don't know who we are. That's crazy. But that's what I wanted to talk about, man. I just wanted to get that a little bit off my chest, you know? Well, yeah, and, you, and you are absolutely you are absolutely right when you when you say Indian, because what they did to the Native American people who were here, that's why back in the day, and I, and I know my 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 great grandmother was was an Indian. I don't know. Oh, of course. Who, oh, yeah. You know, um, because when I was younger, she didn't she didn't look like us. Her skin was red. Her hair was straight. You know, yeah. she was a little well, little well, woman. You know, and, yeah, and the thing and, is, and what, and and what they did was during the Jim Crow laws, it, they started what is called. Now I know some people have heard of it, and some people have not. Called the one drop law. Mm-hmm. And they said that if you had one drop of of of, of so-called black or colored blood in you, oh. then they called you colored. It they took yep. away to in order to erase the Native American Indian color. That's that right, was, and and that is exactly what paper genocide it is. That's right. Because they did this yep. 
by enacting laws and reclassifying these Native Americans or Aboriginal people as they were, stating that if they had one drop of black in them, then they were colored people. There were you are absolutely right. In, 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 in certain states where it started, the, the southern states more, most likely, um, when um, children were born to this culture of people, they withheld their birth certificates. They couldn't get – my mom never had a birth certificate. That's right. Even though more than, more than likely it should have said Native American, it said colored when she finally was mm-hmm. able to obtain one. Oh, yeah. You could, you could not get it until these laws were fully enacted and fully on paper. They changed it. They actually changed mm-hmm. the heritage of these people. You're absolutely right. His name, the man's yeah. name is Walter Plecker. He was the mm-hmm. head enumerator of the Virginia yeah. Census. Right, yes, that's where it started. Yeah, and he, that is exactly yeah, what, because, what they did. Until that's right. They had to hold it up until um, um, it could reach all of the states. That's right, because Virginia was... It was just a statute right, Virgin- in the South, and then it became a law. That's right, because Virginia was the model state. And then the, all the rest of the states mm-hmm. followed suit, and it's called the Racial Integrity Act. That's right. It was mm-hmm. signed in 1923, I think. And his name was Walter Plecker. He was the head enumerator of the Virginia Census, and he's the one who started the the Virginia Indians. They were they started being called colored, and then the rest what? of the states started to call us. Yes. The rest of our our grandparents they started to call them colored, which is short colored. for copper right. colored. Yes. Right. Yes. And then after that, they started to call us Negro. And then after the mm-hmm. whole James Brown say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, they started to call us mm-hmm. black people. Right. And then the whole black power, black Panther Party came along to to mm-hmm. further make us believe that there was pride in being black and being called this mm-hmm. this color, <laughs> you know, this crayon color. And then after that, they started to call us Afro American, right? And right. then in 1988, they started calling us African American. But no, mm-hmm. the truth is, we are the indigenous peoples of this land, and the whole premise of colonization is to exploit the resources of the indigenous peoples. And we so-called African-Americans are the indigenous peoples of the North American region of the Americas, you know? And it's a shame. It's crazy, with the, you know, because when I tell the Wasichu this, when I tell the Europeans this, they absolutely understand what I'm saying. But it's like when I talk to my own people, we're the main ones to be like, ah, oh, brother, you just, you know, you just, you just don't, you just ashamed of your Africanness. It's like, whoa, what? No, it's just no, that it's, it's not, I know who it's, I am, man. Like I'm not. I'm just not lazy, you know, in, in my research, you know. It's, it's but, not. It's, it's not even. It, it, it's not even that. It, it, it's right. just the programming through the yeah. educational system and and other things where you know we actually refuse to do the research on our own. You know, on our own, you know, that was one of the reasons why the the, um, Black History moments on the show. Because as we were doing the research, we realized that there's a lot of stuff out there that, well, my kids knew. I've always been into the, you know, the lack of a better word, Afrocentric movement or whatever. Where Mm -hmm. you know, knowledge is power, and you have to educate your children and let them know who they are. You know, I mean, if you look at, 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 at the Jews, they could go all the way back to Abraham. You know, you know, counting their lineage, you know, from family to family to family. But for us, you know, people of color, you know, you might do good to get the great grandfather and great grandmother at, at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. You don't 
you don't know anything else. That has been erased. It has what we've been fed is a lot, and and there's really yeah. no records because, like I said, they held up the birth certificate. Our birth certificates used to be back in the day, early in, in the mm-hmm. early 1900s, for our grandparents and great grandparents. If you had a bite. You you kept a document of who married who and what child was born when. Those were Mm -hmm. our records because we could not obtain our birth certificates. Right. I I still remember the big Bible that my grandmother had. It went way back, you know. That's right. I just, that's so weird. I just had this conversation with somebody about that Bible, yeah. Yeah, that who had who and who was born to who and who was kin to who, all of that. That was our record. And when those ancestors, when when those people died, all that stuff left with them, all that knowledge left with them because there no longer was a telling of the verbal history. We didn't want to Mm -hmm. sit and listen to grandma or granddaddy talk you know, about what it was like to go through Jim Crow or what it was like working on the plantation and and all of that. We didn't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. You know, we lost that oral history. Mm -hmm. So so when when we say, and I say this a lot, and, and, you know, like you said, people get upset, you know, we have no identity. Honestly, not anything that they've written on paper, that's not who we are. Oh no! Because no, no, no. It, it, even we've allowed we we've allowed you know state regulations, media, you know propaganda, and everything else to define who we are except us. Mhm. Exactly. See, that that's that's the thing. I mean, and and paper genocide go even farther further when you think about it. Even the article you read, that man died in nineteen what? He died in 1961. And he was born in 19-something, 19-whatever. He was born in 1838, 1893. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, and they're even calling him African-American. That term is only from 1988, see? That term has only been since 19, but they even rewrote history. And and they they paper just, they they started calling this, this man died in 1961. They still call him an African American when that term hasn't even been since till 1988. See how far back? Back then he was colored. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. He was colored. Exactly. But but um, his grandmother was Indian. See what I'm saying? Right. You can, you can, <laughs> my grandmother on her on her my grandmother's uh my grandmother's uh marriage certificate says Indian American Indian. It says Muskogee. But then uh-huh. on her uh death certificate it says colored. Same woman. Right. See? Yeah. Hmm. Then my mother's uh my mother's birth certificate says Negro. It's like, whoa, my mother came from my grandmother's same bloodline. But it yeah. goes from Indian to colored to Negro. And then I was called Afro American. Then I then they start calling me African American. So it's like same bloodline, but they keep changing us on paper. We're the only people right. in the whole they history of the world whose they names change so much. Right. They keep reclassifying, okay. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, us as 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 whatever you know, yep. and, and, none of, and none of and none of it is true. None nope. of it is true because no, yeah. from, from, let me from here for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Don, I mean, you have dropped some serious knowledge, and I can't type that fast, you know, because I got my other trying to side research, but it's okay. It's okay because I like to do research <laughs> and I like this type of knowledge. But here's mm-hmm. the question. 
Because I, I okay. agree. That's why I use black because I'm like, okay, can't say African-American. And with, with the information you just shared about the word black, okay, mm-hmm. um, which we know has so many different connotations depending on who mentioning it. So in that case, what should uh, we be identifying ourselves as? I guess that, that is the question now. In general, Besides we should human, identify ourselves. Because we know we're human. Yeah. Well, we so-called African-Americans should identify ourselves in general as American Aborigines based off the first definition of American. You know, a native of America originally applied to the Aboriginals or copper-colored races found here by the Europeans but now applied to Europeans born in America and their descendants. So in general, we should call ourselves American Aborigines, right? Just like the Australian Aborigines call themselves the Aborigines and they maintain their identity. We should call ourselves the American Aborigines over here in general. But individually, we need to do our individual research and talk, speak to our elders and do our genealogies, you know, and find out where we, what bloodline we hail from, what nation. You know, like I found out I'm Muskogee on my mother's side, which is Creek Indian, and on my father's side, I'm Aninuia, which is a very large uh, nation, which is also known as Cherokee, you know. So mm-hmm. individually, we need to do our own individual research, but in general, we need to call ourselves American Aborigines. That's just what I think. You know, it just makes sense because that that will that that will reserve our rights here in our land. You know, this is our ancestral homeland. You know, and as long as we call ourselves black, we are civilis mortus, which means dead according to the law. And as long as you're dead according to the law, you could you. Could, there's no uh, there's this thing called uh, double jeopardy. You know, if a police officer shoots you dead in the street right now and you're black, he's not going to jail because you can't go to jail for killing something that's already dead. You are literally civilis mortus, which is dead according to the law already. When you, uh, when you, you know, check that black box, <laughs> you know. So it's it's all legalese. It's all you know. We gotta know how to navigate through this system that they, that we did not set up. This is their system. Remember, and all these black uh black and white. That's all the Christian black codes from Europe. That stuff came. They brought that stuff over here, and then they you know uh, forced it upon us basically. So in general, we need to call ourselves American Aborigines. Why? Because then we're protected under the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, right? We're also protected under the American Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. We're also protected under the Civil Rights Act of 1968, also known as the, you know, uh, Public Law 90-281-284, where there is no mention of colored, black, African-American, Afro-American, Negro, but American Indian is mentioned 91 times. And that is why, uh, that is why, our grandparents were marching. The whole civil rights march, I mean, the civil rights uh, movement, that's what they were marching for, you know, the rights of Indians. Look it up. It's also known as the rights of Indians, the act that was, uh, the laws that were passed. So we are who we are, and until we realize who we are, we will never get justice on our land, you know, because, like I say, the whole premise of colonization is to exploit the resource of the indigenous peoples. And what better way to, 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 to continue to steal our resource in our land than to get us to think that we're from another faraway land. You know, it's just that simple. Get these Negroes to think they came from Africa 
and we, we can continuously exploit their resources without compensation. You see what's happening in South Africa? Mm-hmm. Yep. They, those sure. people are fed up. They want their land back. They know they know what the Wachichu has been doing throughout history. They know that they don't belong there, you know? Mm-hmm. And until we come together, we could never come together under black and under African-American. We're so out of line with who we are and with the land that we're, you know, we're so out of line. But, I agree with you know, uh, you we got to wake up, when man. When you put it like that. We're not black. Yeah. We are not black people. There is no such people as black people. If you Google right now the crayon color, Indian Indian red, look up Indian red and tell me what color it is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. It's, it's copper red, color. Huh? You know? Mm-hmm. We are the American Indians. This is our land. Period. All them names that they call ghetto, Laquisha, Laquanda, Shaquita, they're not ghetto names. They're cultural names. You know? That's what they are. That Q sound. Look at the river. Look at Pennsylvania, Susquehanna River, Susquehanna, you know, uh, mm. squash. Squash is an American indigenous uh, vegetable. Uh, what else? Hmm. Uh, Sasquatch. There you go. Did I say Susquehanna already? I did. Mosquito. Mosquito. Mosquito is an American Indian word. So, Mm-hmm. Everything we do, they try to demonize. You know, they try to make us seem like we're not as great in this world as we are. But yet, the whole entire world watch us for the cue, right? They copy us. True. Everything we do, they copy us. But so I got the raps, man, because this show is, you know, y'all, y'all just let me go, and that's not necessarily cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's open mic Monday, man. That's what that's what we do. It's open mic Monday. Well, that's what we say. Yeah. Okay. Hey, man, we just got to bring the pride back into being American and being who we are. You know, think about it. You know, it wasn't until, I mean, it wasn't until like the late, I mean, the the 70s for real that we started believing in this African stuff, you know. True. Before that, we didn't didn't, didn't hear no stories of us, of our ancestors coming over here on those slave ships. We we ain't teach us that. They ain't tell us no. Man, it wasn't until Alex Haley came out with that bull crap. Right. That we started believing that right. for real, for real. But you you tell you tell your right. grandma that she'll slap you right in your mouth. <laughs> ask your grandma. Ask your grandma if if you African. I bet if y'all African, I bet she'll look at you like you crazy. You know? But Wow. You know? You know that that's a we good lost stuff our right way, there. man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know what? And we lost our way a long time ago, a long time ago. But hold on for a minute, Don. I got another caller want to come in. I'm sure they want okay. to come in on what we talked about. So hold on. Good. Cool. All right, triple one. Welcome to the show <laughs> that I have here. Talk to me. Hello, Mr. Talk. Well, hello, hey. Maze. How are you? I'm just fine. When it comes to history, did you know you can find anything you want to if you go to the Census Bureau? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can find where your grandma started, where she ended, and where she was when they became uh-huh. colored, uh, when they were, and then back in the day, guess who was writing on the verse? Who was writing this, writing all of this stuff? A midwife. They didn't go to hospitals. They did midwives. Right. So mm-hmm, and my grandmother mm-hmm. was born in 19, well, her brother was born in 1906, and their mother was born in 18-something. She was from Africa, and she was a slave. So you go back and you find your history. And then on the other side, 
the Native American, as you call Indians, which is a disgrace when they were called Indians, there was the Freeman's Bureau and all these different things. They had papers, and they go back and they look into what tribe they belong to. They do all of this stuff, and you can find out. It's not hard to do. And with the DNA stuff, you can find out what kind of blood you got mixed with you. But I, when people call, I mean, when you say about you don't want to be black, you don't want to be this, you don't want to be that, you are described as that. But you know who you are, your family tree. They can call you anything they want to, but you still know if you came out the color area, you're your color. You came out the Negro area, you're a Negro, or whichever way you want to put it, African-American. Because it's strange when people say they're not connected to African. African-American, African-American women in this country and men every day. And it's a lot of connection to them. And you can find one that looks just like you sometimes. If you walk the street, it depends on where you are, you might find somebody from Africa that looks just like you. Wait, so what, you what exactly why. are you saying? What are you saying? I'm saying you got a connection with them over there, too. On the continent no, of Africa. No, 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 I don't. Connection. I'm sorry. I, was, I traced my lineage you to might not. 1500 so far now. No. Well, you need to look at well, the premium. You, you know, need to go funny. to the census See, bureau. This is, this is the example I was talking about. No, no, no. About. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm telling you <laughs> okay. what I know. You, you tell me what I'm you done read you and where you're going. So I'm telling you where you can find some more information. All you need is names. You will find out a whole lot of uh, history and a whole lot of okay, different things. And my nephew called himself African American because his father is African and he's American. And he yeah. don't have no problem with it. So that's what I'm saying. So sometimes okay. you look well, at the census bureau. My father is Aninuia. Your father's what? Is Aninuia. My mother is Muskogee. So. Yeah, Muskogee. So I'm saying you have everything in your history. Yeah. So but I'm saying I'm you can go African. back and find it. So you're African, supposed to. No matter what, I'm still African. I did not. Excuse. I didn't say that. You said that there's no connection African to Africa. Anything. You said you can't find a Rita Franklin in Africa. You can't find a Jane Brown. But you can find somebody that looks just like you. So <laughs> why do those roots come from somewhere? It ain't you about, don't even know what about I look like, ma'am. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying you. I'm not. I'm not talking about you. I'm saying people. You find people that look just like them from the continent, and you wonder why because you came from the same tribe that they came from. No. I mean, if you're no, around no, no, people no. from there, if you're not, if you're just in one town where you don't see that, but people that look like you and Caucasian people, you ain't gonna see stuff like that. So what's your? But if you're around, your mommy asking. Well, my I'm colored. That's what my birth certificate say. That's not nothing. And if anybody asks, I'm sorry. But. What is your Hello? ethnicity? Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah I said that's not right. ethnicity. I'm sorry. What is yours? I'm Muskogee. you Muskogee? Yes. Really? Really? I'm colored, so I'm going to mix with everything. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that's, that. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, it was my problem. I mean, I, I didn't call it because I was not here, and I had nothing to do with I know, my, but I'm uh, sorry to hear that you're allowed my DNA. No, 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 no. You allow someone to tell you what you are, though. No, I'm telling you. you, I'm telling you about the history. Did you hear what I said? I said my grandmother was born in 19. You allow the you allow the you allow the government to call you color. I don't allow you one of these government people. Okay, hold on. So the police, if the police arrested you today, what would they say you are? Would they say you Muslim? What would they say you are? If they call, if they call me black, I will rebut their assumption. I ask you, why would they call you black? Tell them who you are. Really? It was on that Okay. Hold on. Their assumptions. All right. Hold on. Hey, hey, bro, listen. Hold on. But I'm telling you. Okay. Because I think I think <laughs> what 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 we what we are witnessing right now between Maze and Don 
and, and I, I'm pretty. I think I, I'm safe. Pretty safe. What we have now is a class of gener a clash of generation, generational thinking. Yes. No, Mr. Exactly Paul, my son will tell you right the same. My son will tell you the same thing that I'm telling him, Listen. and he's 30 years old. But May, you have taught him that, right? You have taught him that, correct? No, I didn't. He was around his grandmother. She was alive. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And she taught him. Okay. My great-great-grandmother taught me. And so okay. his grandmother taught him. See, so if he got left now, out where uh-huh. he is. Oh. Okay. But what, okay. I'm, what I'm saying, Mace, what, what we have now is, is a class of generations because what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is this newer generation is coming up now. And I don't know, I, I don't know, Don. But I, I think he sounds between twenty his twenties and thirties. I'm just throwing oh, that out there. I don't yeah, know yeah. for sure. But, You're but right, bro. You're what what we have yep. but but what we have is, you know, this this generation coming up now, they're beginning to dig deeper than and I'm gonna say we because I'm sure me and Mazeman is probably in the same group somewhere. Um and I know P is, you know, dig a little deeper than what we we dug, you know or what we were informed of. So this new generation is looking at it in a totally different way than what we were and what we were taught. See what I'm saying? Now, we all agree what we were taught in school, what we were taught in school, we we figured it out. Mm -hmm. That was a bunch of bogus bull. Okay, we know this. So, right. So as the generations come up and become more enlightened to, to the falsehoods that we were taught in school, Beginning to dig a little deeper, and as in the seventies and the eighties, as you dig a little de- deeper, more becomes you. We become more enlightened and, and and begin to figure out more and more of what our culture really is. Now, with that being said, let's let's not you know be naive enough to say you know all of us are gonna fit into one nice little bundle. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> But the difference between now and the difference between now and then, you got more technology Uh out there where you can go and find where you left off at, and because the Census Bureau has everything that ever happened on this in this country is there, starting from when they first started with the Census Bureau, and if you have the name, you will find and find a trace to your ancestors from where they came. That's what I did. What they did, and everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. If you dig okay. deep, yeah, and you might find yourself, and you might find yourself in an African tribe over some one of the con- on the continent somewhere. No, I haven't found that though. See, as long as I trace well, back, I trace back up. to the 1600s, and my people have always been in the Carolinas and in the Virginia territory. That's where my people have always been. That's what hmm. I'm trying to tell you. Like, there's no African in my blood. You hmm. know, when Waka Flocka said that on TV when he was you when did Waka Flocka said that on. No, DNA cannot determine okay. ancestry. That's a hoax. You can even read the fine print. Check it out yourself. It says that it's for entertainment purposes only. I can't make this up. Go look it up yourself. Well, what's you the name found his ancestry? Uh, what's the name? Chris, Chris Rock. He went over there with his ancestry. He found them through his DNA. He went over there. The man looked just like him. And he found Chris his African tribe. So what do you Rock is part of the system. Chris Rock is not. Oh, African. here we go. Chris one Rock of these. Oh, of Rock okay. family. I understand. Chris Rock is mm-hmm. Seneca. Chris Rock is Seneca Indian from New York. Go look it up. Yeah. Chris Rock is yeah. not from Africa, just like uh. I didn't say he was from Africa. Africa. I said I said he went and found his ancestry through his DNA. 
and he went to the trap. They showed them, and Chris LaRock looked like he was going into the trap because they looked You're just about, like they could have been twins in some of the people that oh, looked just like this him. This is great. I know it's great. Chris Rock is also the young man. Chris sometimes you have to take him somewhere. You talking about where he was born and where he went? I'm saying his ancestry. That's what you're talking about. You're not talking about where he come from in New York. I'm saying when yeah, he went to Africa. You talking about Louis Gates? You talking about Louis Gates Jr. Whatever his name is, who be doing all the ancestry for the celebrities and telling like he's not he the only one doing it. I met a, she was a. I met an African person European. that does it too. Yeah, but, well, you can't determine but, ancestry through DNA. That's that's they did a whole sixty minute special on that. Like that's you can't determine ancestry. Okay, that if you at say all. so. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but it's, it's science. It's, 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 it's science, yeah, man. Right? It, it is science. But, hold on, hold on, Maze. Hold on, Maze. <laughs> See, and, and you know we can debate this. We can debate this for the rest of the show. And, and the only way we know if you just go and do it yourself, right? Yes. Yes. I may say well. Just go to the census bureau, type in the name, and you come out. No, it's, what, what you no I didn't say that. I said you can find okay, history in the in the census bureau. I said because they kept uh, kept names of everybody that was in, in this country is in the census bureau. If you have the name, that's what you I can did. trace part of your history through that. But that's not the end of it. It goes farther. Mm-hmm. You just spend a little bit of money, you ain't gonna find too much. But you spend a lot of money, you'll find a whole lot of stuff. Oh yeah. The thing to me, Mr. Uh-huh. I use military records, church but records. You gonna believe, but you're going to believe, but you're going to believe some of the stuff that you found. But you can't well, believe family, doing the DNA. Yeah, okay. But, but what, what, I mean, okay, man, let man, me put it this uh, way. By, if by, you by, had <laughs> to prove to, if you had to prove that you were related to Shaka Zulu in order to get five, $50 million, would you go, would you do it through DNA? Would you do it through genealogy? How would you prove it? I would do it, I would do it through both of them. No, you can't prove it through DNA. You have to do it through genealogy is what I'm saying. You I have do to it through both of them. Death certificate records. You have to trace it back through marriage, death certificates, birth certificates. You see what I'm saying? You have to do it that way. You can't prove it through DNA is what I'm saying. You cannot prove ancestry through DNA. I don't care. They, You swab your mouth. You send it off to a lab. You don't know what the hell they do with your DNA. For real, for real. They said, they made Oprah Winfrey Zulu before she even, because she said she was Zulu. And then they said, oh, well, uh, that's Oprah Winfrey, so let's make her Zulu. So, you know. Yeah, right. Because she wanted to be Zulu. Like mm-hmm. that's that's not that's DNA is is a hoax. That's not well. If that again, when if that if excuse me, excuse me, young man, let me ask you something. If DNA was so, can I say something? If DNA was so bad, how can they trace DNA when somebody committed a crime and use their DNA to know that they did? Because that's a whole different. That's a whole different. Oh no, it's the same thing. Same that's thing. a whole different DNA test. It's okay. not the same no, thing. Okay. Obviously, you don't understand DNA. How oh, no, it's not the same type of no, DNA you don't. test at all. When I'm when I'm <laughs> trying to get you when thing. I hear you say that when when I get you when I hear you say that Africa you have no connection or you have no this you either got a connection to <sighs> to to one of the uh, slave owners or you oh. got a connection to one of the Africans. Ah. Uh. And, well, I know somebody that's a, and I know somebody that's a descendant of Thomas Jefferson. And she know that was her great-granddaddy and Robert E. Lee. And she know that was her grandfather. <laughs> so what are you talking okay. about? <laughs> well, I, I was like shocked when she told me. Like I'm like, what? Person. You, sound, you sound very what? interesting. You know, you're trying to get <laughs> My person. name is Maze. My name is Maze, and that's why they call me that. Uh, man. <laughs> Enigma. No, I'm just saying. Robert Lee Lee's granddaughter. Guess how old she is? She's probably the same age you are. Robert Lee Lee's granddaughter. I really enjoy talking and to you. And she knows I, it. I, I enjoy talking to you. I'm going to be honest, though. Yeah, I really did, though. Honestly, I, I, would, like, I would really love to talk to you again. Seriously. 
You, I really did enjoy talking to you. All jokes aside, it was really cool. I enjoyed listening. Yeah. I enjoyed listening to you but, too. <laughs> and guess what? You know, I saw a man that looked just, just Let me finish. I saw a man that looked just like my husband. And I said, now, I know he what? did not come in this store. Let me finish. I said, I know he did not come in this store. And I say, wait a minute. And so I called him in the store. And you know they look like twins, and they came from the same tribe in Africa because the DNA was on. Hmm. So your husband and the guy did the DNA No, 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 no. The guy was from the place where he did his DNA. And they looked just alike. They could pass for twins. And then he called his wife and told her he had just met his twins. I was like, and then his sister came out screaming and hollering, oh, you look like twins, you look like twins. I'm like, they look identical. Hmm. So you got one somewhere out there. <laughs> well, you know what? If you, have those records, like, mm-hmm. if you have those records with the African ancestors and all, you can, hey, you should try to get some reparations, you know? Oh, that's what you get into, reparations? No, mm. I'm just saying, you, you are eligible for it, right? <laughs> if you can prove that your ancestors <laughs> came over here on ships, on boats, mm-hmm. if you can prove that your yeah. people came over here on boats, then you are mm-hmm. eligible for reparations. Well, my yeah. grandfather, my husband, grandfather had had the had the, uh, the the little cabinet that his grandmother printed, put her name on the back of, which she wrote her name on the back. And she was a slave, and she put the year on the back of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to keep it in the Bible. They used to write it on wood and on different pieces of wood and furniture. It was on there. Mm-hmm. What state mm-hmm. are you from? If your mommy asking. What state am I from? Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was born, Alabama, but I've been everywhere. I don't have a state. Oh, all right. I'm all over the place. But that's not why I called me. You right about that. One. And you from Alabama? You from Alabama? I know you American Indian. I know, I know you Indian. <laughs> what makes me an What makes me an Indian? Because I'm from Alabama. <laughs> See, that's what they want to claim. <laughs> I bet, what was your grandmother? What was your grandmother? I want. What was your grandmother? What you mean? You know, what was your mom's mom? Who was, what was your mom's mom? I know mm-hmm. who, what my grandmother was because I knew who she was. Just like she what said. Was your mom? Her, what about your mom? Mama. What about her? Yeah, your mom, I bet your mom wasn't African, was she? No, my mom wasn't what? No, wasn't African. What about your dad? No, he wasn't African either. So what are we talking about? Like, what are we, what are we talking about? You said I'm from Alabama and I got to be Native American. No, I'm not. No, I didn't say Native American. I said American Indian. Well, you said Native American Indian. I'm not that either. They just like no, you know I'm when the slave no, master. You I'm know when the slave master. I'm gonna tell you about my grandmother. Yeah. She was married to a Caucasian. Okay. Mm. And I don't consider myself okay. a being Caucasian. What? She what said she was Cherokee. I don't know what she was. There you go. See, it comes my great great grandmother. What do you say? My great great grandmother. But from that, and on my other side, his father was African. That's why I say I'm amazed. Hey. I'm sorry to the host. Did y'all but I'm hear not that? trying. Y'all heard that, I'm right? not. I'm not. Yeah, well, I got it. The truth. You heard the truth come out, right? What is the truth? I know. You said. You I said mean, what that is the truth? Cherokee. Mm-hmm. That's what they say it, but I ain't found that in the DNA. <laughs> you know, the DNA don't <laughs> really say that because DNA uh-huh. is it's a hoax. I ain't found that in the census scan. either. I didn't find it in the census. <laughs> That's what I found in the census. Uh-huh. And when I told my aunt, she had a fit because she didn't know mm-hmm. that. But my uncle that was 102 gave us the whole story to who the father mm-hmm. was and gave us the name, and we went on from that. 
You know how so if anything you anything and you talking about reparations, you don't need to be trying to get reparations. You need to be going to the side and get your your part of your uh, inheritance. If you got the inheritance, exactly. this one will be more important. Your inheritance or your reparations? That's right. No, okay. Land so what what inheritance are you talking about, May? So whoever the whoever the the uh the last name that your children belong to. And all of the stuff my that they have name? belong part that's your part. I ain't asking you your last name. That's what you need I mean, to you're about, oh, inheritance yeah. to some of the stuff that's in this country that people own. Yeah, you are right. Uh-huh. So like yeah, so like the Jeffersons, right. say if you was the Jeffersons and the Jeffersons sent over there all that money, but you one of the descendants of them and you ain't got nothing. Mm. But you looking for some right. reparations. Right. <laughs> and you think you, you think <laughs> going to introduce yourself and showing them you one eighth of a, a percentage part of their family, they're going to give you something, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can sue people now. You better off going for reparations. Oh, okay. <laughs> or leave, or leaving it alone. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, but, it, it's no. interesting though. But I think, I think the best, the best way is, and it's sad to say, a lot, a lot of the elders are gone now that had this type of knowledge. Yeah. Is to have them pass it on, you know, word of mouth, because they know, <laughs> they know, they live, it, so they know. Um, yeah. You know, like, like. And Don was saying earlier, you know, back in the day, you pick up a Bible and you look in the back and it got everybody when they were born, when they died. Who, yeah. But now you don't have that now. You know, that has been slowly taken away as well because of technology and what have you. And everybody are, is dependent on this DNA testing and whatever. Um, I was reading an article the other day where a boy said he took nine different commercial DNA tests and got six different results. So how <laughs> reliable huh. is that, you know? Well, maybe mm-hmm. he was. Really Listen, my friend did a DNA test on her cat, and it came back the cat was from Guinea Bissau, Nigeria, eighteen uh, percent Gambia. It was like, oh, Lord. I'm like, come on, mm-hmm. the cat. You know what I mean? So those tests are. <laughs> but they got, they do have nine laughs. But, but, but Mister Tony, <laughs> the best way, the best way to do it, <laughs> the best way to do it is if you if you take. If you tape what, when you when you when you talking to the elders and you taping what they gotta say, you always have a piece of history and you have the truth mm-hmm. out of the mouth well, of the right. person that lived. It did it. Yeah, that's what that's we did. Mm-hmm. And you can pass it on as you like. You have family reunions. You can play it, make right. CDs, right. pass them out, and they already got it. So when you go back mm-hmm. into history and research, and approve and you approve what you were looking at. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. made you know that's a great idea. That's a great idea. But you know that 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 is good hindsight now. But what about those that have passed on that really did know the history? Well, they you somebody know, they left some. They always leave somebody that's around. Well, Everybody's not going. I know in my family. I know in our fa- in my family we have what we call a historian, and you know mm-hmm. he keeps track of all that. And, you know, if he was to pass, it would pass on to someone else in the family. But he keeps all that. And maybe that's mm-hmm. what we should try and do, you know, keep a history, you know, a historian, somebody who keeps track of all that, you yep. know, because yeah. with technology today and the generations coming up today, even though they are trying to become more aware of what, where they're from and the ethnicity and the culture, 
you know, they get sidetracked a lot of times because of technology. So you need that yeah. one person that's really dedicated to, to keeping track of those things so we we as a people know our history and, and where we really come from and what we're really about. It's interesting. Oh, exactly. yeah, because I, 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 foresee, I foresee probably within the next five, ten years, we're going to be designated under a different title called something totally different. You know, yeah. that's just mm-hmm. the way it, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to happen. It's happened before. But, yeah. But this know, time, so. we got to control it. We got to call ourselves. We got to name ourselves. You know, we got to stop letting them name us. You know, they called us colored, black, Negro, Afro-American, African-American. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's, let's come up. Let's name ourselves this time. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying, <laughs> when they filed for reparation, what did they file it up on? The, the colored people or the Negro or who? When they filed for reparation. Well, reparations will not be paid to black people or African Americans. That's that's the, that's for sure. But now, according they, to the Civil Rights Act of 1968, Public Law 90-284, uh, reparations will be can be paid to American Indians. I'm asking you, what was it Look filed under? Was it filed under the Negro, or was it filed under the Indians for reparations? Un- American Indians. Reparations are filed, filed under American Indians. I don't have to look and see. Civil Rights Act of 1968. <clears throat> so I would well, have to look and see. What did you say? <laughs> what did you say, Mace? I said I'm going to have to check that one out. I thought it was a reparation file for the Negro. It had nothing to do with the African American and all that. Well, I'll check to see. No laws written for black people, for African Americans, for Negroes. No laws written for these people. For, for I'm not those saying laws. No, no, no. You're talking about a law. I'm talking about when they filed the suit. Yeah, you for talk, reparations. Oh, yeah, yes, that's what I'm asking. I'm not talking about laws. Oh, okay. I see. Cause, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it must got. It has to be filed under civil. I mean, you got. We got to use a civil rights attorney, right? Civil rights. That's a civil rights. Uh, so if yeah. a civil rights attorney know anything oh. about the Civil Rights Act of 1968, he would follow it. Because every time they did that, I would think they would have to the United Nations or wherever it goes, or when they took it to the United Nations, who took it? Took the lawsuit there. That they have, yeah. Yeah, the lawsuit, they, they keep trying to get reparations for. Somebody had to take the paper for reparations, and they've been two or three times. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure they found it wrong. Sure. And they won't look at it. I have no idea. One of the Congress people, right one of the Congress people had something to, yeah, one of the Congress people had something to do to, with it too at one time too. So I'm saying that they go on, but on it, I thought it was under the, 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 the Negro something something that they went on the filing them for reparations. <laughs> well, I know it, it is, it is reparations. Yeah, it was John Conyers. I think, I think it was John Conyers. Yeah. Yeah, bring, brings a, a resolution to the floor every year about reparations, mm-hmm. but it never goes anywhere. But he presents it every year. I know that much. I mean, <sighs> but what is he presenting? That's because yeah. for, I'm sure he's doing it for he's, black people, and it, you know, it, I gotta check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Mr. that's not why I call you. So you could talk about anything today. Yes, Mace, we can talk about anything. But thanks, Don. I, I love the conversation you guys <laughs> yeah, started, man. man. You got some, re- you got some man, research you, being man. done, but don't go nowhere. <laughs> Don't go nowhere. All right, I'm you sure mean, man's gonna get us started in something else. No, you're good. Oh, you're good. 
Go ahead, Dave. Okay. About this, these people that's losing their jobs at the GM. Uh-huh. What about uh, them what losing they their jobs? So if they lose their job, they're going to lose their health care, and they're going to lose a whole lot of stuff. And then they want to build okay. a wall. I'm confused about both of these things. Can you help me out? <laughs> <laughs> well, base, let's let's start let's start with with um with GM. Okay, GM number one. They saw this coming a long time ago. Okay, and uh, GM, what GM said? Well, look, what we're about to do is we're going to cut some jobs. And they cut a lot of the white-collar jobs, you know, the managers, supervisors, or what have you. But they did cut about 17, I think it was 17,000, you know, floor workers, whatever. And the purpose is what they want to do is get more automation in the factories. See what I'm saying? So that's why they're cutting. And the other is interesting part is it's a part of the, the, the tariff war that 45 has started with China. See what I'm saying? It's it's because what's happening is the, the the price for aluminum and iron and all that is going up. So they have to find mm-hmm. different um uh, per- sellers to get this stuff from, and they can't afford it right now. So and it's the same with the soybean farmers as well. See, it's stuff you don't mm-hmm. hear about. Now, speaking of running this in, in 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 down the line, Ford is thinking about doing the same thing. See, when Trump was standing up there making all these problems about he going to bring this back, he, he was like he's done before. He was lying. And the reason why he's lying because these companies were coming back anyway. So yes. they already had plans to come back. Now, because of his, his bolstering or whatever with China, um, it, it's affecting these, these factors. And, they, and, it, and let's be honest, it's about the bottom line. It's about making money. I don't, they don't care where they make it at as long as they make the money. So it's hurting these factories, and actually a lot of his base, so that would be interesting as well. But what also people are are not looking at, and George H.W. dying this this week is really going to push it, you know, kind of under the table, is come the 7th of of December, there may be a partial government shutdown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not paying the soldiers for this. And the fight is over, over, over the money for this wall. Now, Congress mm-hmm. has and already then, allocated $1.6 $1. billion. And mm-hmm. Republican leaders have told has told him already, look, your best bet right now is to go with that $1.6, and next year we see we can't get more. But what he wants to do, he wants to pull $5 billion. Okay, Mr. And Tom. he has threatened to shut down the Department part of the government. Now, here's the other mm-hmm. little interesting tidbit on, on this whole thing. There's still no mention of Mexico paying for this wall. Now the soldiers down in the soldiers down in in, in Texas, they, they on their way back home because this caravan ban is not did not present itself as it did because they're on the San Diego side of the border. You know, so it, it's just setting up to be one of those. You know, the Democrats fault, the Republicans fault, but it's all of them together, Maze. It's all of them together. Mm-hmm. And what you, what you what what you were seeing with GM, Ford, and there's going to be a few other companies that begin to shut down is because of his trade war with these with China and these other countries. You know, his but, American First thing, and, and even with this new deal they signed with Canada and uh, Mexico. Uh-huh. You know, the people he he making people think he's making people think that this is totally new deal he did. No, it's not. They just changed little bits of it. 
It's still NAFTA. Oh. He just named it something different. He yeah, something it different to make it look like he did it. Yeah, to make it seem like he, he changed the whole thing. See, so that, that's the whole scam of the situation. Yeah, but by the whole scam, I don't understand why you hear people saying they want them all. And then they can't even pay the people that are going to school that's, 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 that's military people. They can't even give them their money to go to school yet, and they want to build a wall. Well, man, it's not, just, like I say, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not about it's not about protecting America. It's not about keeping people out. You know, it's all about satisfying the base. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and, oh, the base? It's about satis- it's, yeah, it's about satisfying his base. To keep them oh, happy, and number two, to satisfy the the, the 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 how can I put it, the as, as Lush and Limbaugh call it, the deep state, you know the handlers, okay. you know, certain mm-hmm. people are pushing for this. Now let's okay. not let's not just put this on all on Trump because each president that has come in office has said the same thing about immigration. We need to fix it. We need to do this. He has just made it more public and and, and taken it to a whole different level. You know what I mean? But I'm saying, but I ain't never said Yeah. I'm saying about this. So, the, the military people, uh, they love them so much, and they can't even give them their money. Mm-hmm. And they don't even want to back pay them for not paying them. For, they, they can't go to school. They had to miss some of their classes. Yeah, that, 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 that's a problem, Maze, <laughs> that um, I, I, I don't know how to fix that. Because Have you ever I, heard anything like that I've before? Been in that boat. Yes, yes. That has happened before. That mm-hmm. has happened before, and um, you and know, then FEMA. It, it's different reasons. FEMA. Okay. What about FEMA? Yeah, man? they got a problem too. They might be getting short. I'm like something well, yeah. is like. <laughs> well, well, if you're gonna give, if you're gonna give the military almost a, a you know seven point seven hundred billion dollars, somebody's gonna have to take a somebody's gonna have to take the brunt of a cut. Okay. Okay. And he moved money. He moved money from FEMA. In fact. Mm-hmm. Toward um, border security earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, and, and and that's the problem. If if by chance this partial government break um, shutdown happens, um, um, what is it? Uh, Homeland Security. They're one of the departments mm-hmm. that would be affected by it. not everybody, but just some some um, departments and Homeland Security oh. is one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, what may happen is. You may hear them say, well, we'll do a, a week, you know, uh, put it off for a week in, in response to um, in response to um, uh, George Bush's uh, funeral. But after that, after yeah. the week is over, it'd be the same thing over again. So it, right. it, it's, it's something that, you know, it's just going to be a bunch of bull crap, huh? And um, and another thing about this GM that, that got uh, Trump, Trump in a bunch is the fact of the the buyout. They said that it was a ten point five million dollar buyout in twenty thirteen that Obama did. Mm-hmm. But what everybody failed to realize is that that was not the initial buyout. The initial buyout was under under George W. Bush in two thousand eight. You know that that helped prevent the collapse <laughs> of, of the auto industry in the first place. So it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. Obama who 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 initiated all of that. It started under Bush. He just you know, um, um, I guess reintroduced it or extended it because they were saying, well, if we don't do something, then the whole industry, the whole auto industry, is going to collapse and is going to send the country into 
and into a from a recession to a depression. That is what they said. So this is why they had the 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 the, the buyout for General Motors and the rest of the auto industry as well. See, so it was problems right. before. This didn't just start, as they like to say, with the Obama administration. It was there before because nobody, if you remember, in the early 2000s and and forward, most of the cars that were being sold were not being made here. Most people were buying foreign cars because they had better performance. So now they have a recall on here and there. Mm -hmm. Yep. No regulations. Yep. <laughs> but what I'm and, saying is... And that's what started it. And that's what started but I wonder, it. But uh, in, in all honesty, they have not recovered because they have not been able to keep up with the, with the technology. That's why they're getting ready to start producing electric cars and have all these automated cars and all of this technology now because... All those cars, the Teslas, and all of those things coming from from overseas, mm-hmm. all of them have that. GM mm-hmm. does not, and they mm-hmm. told it in the beginning. So, so, Mr. Talk, do you think we need a wall? We don't need no wall. No, we don't need no wall. Well, look, man, I, I, I've said it before, and I said it again. I said it before. That wall is not to keep nobody out. It's a good point, no. but that wall to keep people in. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I, mean, I was saying, it, as a, okay, as a, what let, you need a wall for? You can't look. Look, you can't keep drugs out the country. So how you gonna keep people out? Thank you. Okay. And that's I'm saying, I'm like, saying. you gonna just scream? Good but point. what you think huh? is base? What you think is base gonna do? That they ain't gonna have no insurance. They ain't gonna have no job. What's what you think they gonna do now? They gonna stay happy and keep talking about a wall? No, no, they are gonna blame it on Obama like he been doing. Obama fought. Oh, that's what they gonna do. And the witch okay. yeah. Yeah, it all happened. Everything happened through Obama's administration. Now, and as you know, I I tell you in a heartbeat, Obama wasn't no perfect president himself. But you know, it, it it's just one of those things that happen when stuff go wrong through uh, the following administration. If they can, they put it on the previous administration. It makes it easier that way. Mm-hmm. And we well, know with this administration Bush. here. Well, we know with this administration here, nothing is their fault. Everything is is because of somebody else. So it's, it's, it's just part of the the, the landscape. Huh? Well, I always ask them when they get upset, and I'm talking to somebody. As a why were y'all upset with Bush? The same thing with upset one? with Bush, they're gonna be up the one the last one. Oh the one before Obama. W? I said the same yep, the same reason y'all was mad with him, you're gonna be mad with Trump for the same reason. But I hope they remain their sanity and don't start doing crazy stuff. Well, I mean they are I'm talking about the base. They they are those that they're, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. You're not gonna mm-hmm. stop that. I don't think no matter who's in president. He just he just gives them more energy and and, and Oof, to think they can get away with it, put it that way. Oh, okay. But we we but know this is not not the time for them to be trying anything of that nature. Oh, okay, because mm-hmm. this is not, as I like to say, this is not the fifties, sixties, or seventies. You know, they get their head busted if they don't they, they mess around and run up on the wrong person. 
But anyway, we're not gonna go. We're not gonna go there. Sears <laughs> <laughs> is closing. Sam's is closing. Walmart's are closing. Everything gonna be closing. And then, you, and then, then, like I say, they're not getting full time. They're getting part time, and then they can't still can't get insurance. It's just a mess. Of course not.
No. That, that's the cap. No, I was wondering if everybody would walk like me or they were still sleep <laughs> waiting for a while. <laughs> I still sleep in Ohio. You know, babe, you know what's so interesting about it? We 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 talk about the jobs, the jobs, the jobs, the jobs, but nobody is talking about what's still going on down in Flint. They still don't have clean water to drink. No, they don't. No, they do not. And nobody cares. Oh, uh, apparently not. Because nobody has addressed that or anything. No, so, uh, I mean, where, where is the, I mean, that tells you where, where the um, priorities lie, right? Not with the people. The, the little contractor came in and got little, got the money out and go. And it's going to stay where it, where it like, <laughs> <laughs> But I was saying, like, they want to build a wall. <laughs> they want to build a wall. Mm-hmm. But everything that only got a company here is outside the wall in some other country. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> Okay, mm. that's all I. Yeah. That's all I say when I hear. It's funny to me. <laughs> but you got some Mace, people like you have a very, say, huh? Huh? So what, Mace? I have a very what? But some people no, doing a good job because he want to build that wall. Of course, that's why he keeps riding it. Mm-hmm. That's why he keeps. If you ever notice, anytime stuff start going sideways, they they always jump back to the wall. The mouthpiece will come on. Kelly's um, Skeletor Conway will come on talking about, you know, you need to do this for the president and the wall, la, 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 la. They always jump back to the wall. Or he jumps on the Russian collusion thing, which honestly, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm tired of that. You know, yes, do too. something. You know, just you do something rap. with it now. It, has, let, uh, it, it, it has lasted too long. We know they're guilty. You know you're not going to catch them on it, so let's ride on. You see what I'm saying? Let's move on. Yeah, but that saddle going to turn sideways and somebody going to fall off that horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Jeff Sessions gone now. I mean, how many oh, people, yeah, people can he fire? And he is mad at that other lady. The one that he said he was going to fire. You know, he, he's still a princess. It's still a princess that we watching last. He got to fire somebody every three months oh. or two months. Well, lady name over Homeland Security. <laughs> Oh, and he was talking yeah, about she's still around. Well, he stayed around a while too. How long did Session stay around before he said he was going to fire him? After he said he was going to do well, it. Well, but but see, you know the only reason why Session stayed around as long as he did because the, the um, congressman told him if he fires Sessions, there'll be hell to pay. That's the only reason why he stayed around as he held kept him around as long as he could. Everybody figured after the midterm elections he was gonna let sessions go. Mhm. Well, that was a good thing. That's about one good thing he did. I mean, you can you can look at you can look at you can look at the comments he was making about sessions leading up to it. I don't have an attorney general. You know, I I, I mean, really, you appointed this guy, and that's the first thing you gonna say? I don't have an attorney general. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I said, I said that one good thing he did because he shouldn't have been there anyway. Well, he's he's somewhere starving. He's upset, mad. Uh, you have to keep. He had to keep his promises, I guess. I guess so. people he thought he could trust. You see, and, and, and I'm gonna say this again. You have to remember, 
whether he's successful or not, the guy is a businessman. And business people keep people around them they feel they can trust. Just mm-hmm. that simple. And if you're not doing the job, they're going to get rid of you. Huh? Yeah, a lot of businessmen do business, and that's how they end up broke, too. Well, I mean, not like he yeah, had a lot of money when he came. Yeah, because he's a businessman. I mean, he's a successful businessman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's why you don't got my bank. Uh, a businessman about bank robbery? <laughs> mm. I thought twice well, about that. That's what a lot of them do, though, mate. That's what a lot of them do. All right, y'all. Yeah. This is Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. We got 27 minutes left. This is Open Mic Monday, so if you got something, you got something on your mind, you want to talk to us about today is your day. Call us at 347-838-8622. Join us in the chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. All right. So. Okay. Got I got that much. You got Dawn. Okay. You got it off your chest. All right. Good yes. job. I'm glad, glad we can help you, Maze. I got it off my mind. <laughs> you got it off your mind. All right. Yes, it's off my mind. Good. Now okay. you can go find something else to put in the maze. Something I just figure out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, maze. Um. <laughs> and Don, it was nice oh. talking to you too, young man. It was nice talking to you too, maze. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Pete, what you got for me? You got anything for me? I, I run this 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 um criminal justice reform thing down. I do actually have one thing I do believe. I do believe. Um, well, talking about, break it to um, us. Uh, uh, um, talking about uh, companies and stuff, and I talked to you about this er- earlier today. An uh, airline president lost 20% of his pay for the next three months um, because of a drunk pilot. Now, this is the president of the company. This is in Japan. Apparently, um, uh, uh, this man showed up drunk. He took the breathalyzer. (laughs) 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 He took the breathalyzer. Kotashi somebody, Jitsukawa. He was the pilot. He pled guilty to being 10 times over the legal limit of alcohol when he showed up to pilot a flight from London to Tokyo. And he got a 10-month sentence. Now, he apologized, you know, but what had happened was the fact that he took the breathalyzer, passed the first breathalyzer, and the bus driver who was taking the crew to the plane noticed that he smelled alcohol on his breath. So he called management and told him, hey, this guy been drinking. I don't think he needs to fly no plane. So they made him come back in. And, you know, the, the, they picked him up, made him come back in and take another breathalyzer. Now, and they found out that he was 10 times over the legal limit. Now, the funny part about this is that when it went to the, the 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 company, you know, when they talked to the company, they said apparently something was wrong with the first test. <laughs> you know, something went up to how you know passed the first te- the first test because he was he was flying he was going to be flying a Boeing seventy seven 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 seven, which you know is a, is a huge plane, going to have uh, two hundred and forty people on it. And usually three people, three pilots, 
three pilots, um, three pilots usually fly that plane because it's over a 12-hour flight. So they needed three pilots, three pilots, but however, you know, because he was drunk and they had to walk, it caused an hour or nine minutes wait. And they still ended up only flying with pilots instead of, instead of the three. Why the president and the executive assistant was fined, because both of them were fined uh, 20% of their salary for the next three months because uh, this pilot showed up drunk. Fortunately, this was not the first time um, the British Airways lines had had problems with, you know, the pilot being drunk. Another pilot called in, in sick because he had been drinking all night. And his blood alcohol level was over eight times the limit. So it was this last-minute sick call that delayed five whole flights from Okinawa, you know, to the smaller regional islands, and it affected 619 passengers. Now, that was just two incidents. So the, the transportation ministry urged the airline to strictly comply with the rules on drinking for his employees. So that very well may be why the president of the company and and the executive, the other executive officers were were fined in their table. My thing is, okay, you got the pilots doing breathalyzers when when they come in before they fly. These, before they fly out, these people are you know, in the administrative office. These are the top people. I would think that direct supervisors should have been, you know, more more um, responsible than those people at the top. But then again, you know, I'm just, you know, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Because I think that they should be keeping eye on their people. They with them every day. Or more so than the people at the top. But I guess they, they say either you better get your ship in order, something. I don't know. But they said, okay, we apologize. And then not only did that, the pay cut wasn't supposed to start until December, December, um, January, and February, but they voluntarily um, gave up 20% of their income for November as well. So the only thing that I could think it was was for a, you know, a customer service, you know, uh, uh, publicity, you know, so they can have good PR with their customers that, hey, listen, y'all don't stop flying our planes because our pilots are drunk. That was only two incidents. Y'all still can fly with us. We still say the only thing I would think that it was just for a PR perspective from that. Well, yeah and no. Yeah and no. Because as being you discussed earlier, I, I think um, that was punishment, and it wasn't as far as PR. I, um, no, 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 I'm talking about from, with from, them giving up their money for November, because they didn't have to do it well, for this month. Well, no, 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 they didn't. However... You know, uh, um, Japanese companies, Chinese companies, their their um, executives are held to a, a very much higher level than the ones here in the United States. Let's be honest, um, and they do business a whole different way. So, you know, um, maybe they just felt it. You know, that was something that they owed compared to you know what could have happened if that pilot would have got on the plane and, and flew it drunk and just possibly yeah, something yeah, them 244 people would have been in trouble. Yeah, so, I mean, even though, you know, most planes have all the pilot, which you get off the ground, 
you put on autopilot, it take you all the way there to this time to land. You know, you know. Um, so, but the, the bottom line is, it's interesting that somebody caught that because I'm sure there's a whole bunch of them that fly, that fly intoxicated on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, whether it's drinky sake, uh, moonshine, or Jack. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Those, those pilots, they put in some long hours, though, and they put in some long hours. So, but I'm not, I'm not condoning them drinking and flying. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I think it's a good thing, but. It, it, it this won't be the last time, I'm sure. You know, it's like taking a, a urinalysis and you know somebody somebody is hot. You know, if they slip you a couple of dollars, you go in there pee in the bottle for them, give them the bottle, they pass. You know, and then they go right back. And see, that was dumb on the pilot. If he passed the breathalyzer the first time, you know, he should have waited at least till he got on the plane and had a sip or something. You know, that, that's just dumb. Yeah, I. I, I uh, it is. It, it, it really is. It's just dumb. You know, like I say, like taking your analysis, then you go out there and sit in the car and, and blaze up, and then come back in smelling like weed. Well, duh. <laughs> I mean, really? Okay, this time we're not taking urine. We're getting a hair follicle or something. You know, so that's just dumb on his part. You know, the executives. And and as we spoke, this wasn't the first um, first time that something like this has happened, though. So, so no, you know, this no. was, yeah, it wasn't the first time something like this happened with that company, that airplane, the airline. Well, so, uh, yeah, so it, the punishment, it fit, it fit the crime, you ask me, because it just wasn't a, a first-time thing. Who knows, maybe next time they they lose the job. Well, he got, he got, he got, he got 10 months, but, you know, the executives don't know what's going on on the ground floor. You know, maybe it's just their indication, you know, they got fired to to say, hey, listen, you need to run a tighter ship. Well, maybe. You know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. They're, they're not, you know, they own, they own the company. They're the CEOs. They're not hands-on with the people that's flying the plane, you know. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, there's, there must be someone over them then if they had they ended up getting fined all that money. Somebody's over them. They had yeah. to do. Yeah, oh, well, you know? I guess whoever sent the man to jail, that's fine, them, I guess. I don't know, but. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, only thing I can say is. I don't drive, I don't fly Japanese airlines, so I'm good right now. I drive everywhere I go. I try not to leave the country no more. Um, because you may not be able to get back in. Um, mm. okay. What else you got, Pete? <laughs> That's it for me right now. Huh? That's it for me right now. That's it for you right now. All right, let's talk about this criminal justice reform initiative. All right, there's there's this criminal reform thing that's trying that's being introduced, what well, has been introduced on the Senate floor and the House and about criminal justice reform. And we all know who most of the time is in the, in prison, in the pokey, in the big house, as they say. Well, and I've read over this thing, and I think it has some good, 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 good stuff in it. And actually, 45 
has agreed to sign it as well as a bipartisan group in in the Congress. However, you know, there's a Republican leadership that has a problem with this because they want to continue their quote-unquote hard line on crime. But uh, one of the interesting things is about the three strikes rule. Now, I know y'all know what the three strike rule is. Please tell me y'all know what the three strike rule is. You know, three strikes and you're out. <laughs> you know, um, and a lot there's, there has been a whole lot of stuff about this three strike thing. Um, it was in 1993 when it was uh, first passed, enacted. Um, you know, and uh, basically three strikes of, of a serious crime and you're going away for life. Life, y'all. Well, under this new criminal justice thing, uh, the three-strike Citizen Reform Act 2015 reduces certain mandatory minimum, minimums for drug offenses, reduces the three-strike mandatory life sentence to 25 years, broadens the existing safety valve for low-level drug offenders, and provides judges with greater discretion in determining appropriate sentences while ensuring that serious violent felons do not get out early. The bill also contains sentencing enhancements for fentanyl trafficking, a highly addictive and deadly drug that is becoming a growing epidemic in the United States. Now, yeah, that, that's what it says about the three-strike rule. Yeah, so it reduces three-strike mandatory life to 25 years. And it plus it's supposed to give judges more discretion on, on, on sentencing when it, when it comes to those things. The only problem I have with this is uh, this fentanyl trafficking. Well, number one, marijuana, because, you know, low-level drug offenders, that's basically what they're selling, weed. Well, weed. Now, once again, I, I've asked this question before, and I still ain't, I haven't gotten a, a good answer. But how in the heck you going to have it legalized in the state but it's still a federal crime? How, how, how is that working? You know, there's even some banks that won't even take money from these companies. Hint, hint, we need to open some banks, black people. Take that marijuana money because they're making buku cash. But, you know, so, yeah, it's interesting. We can see how this works. Because I'm going to follow this. I, I really do. That's the Sentencing Reform Act of 2015. Read up on it, y'all. And then there's the uh, Criminal Code Improvement Act of 2015, H.R. 4002. It creates a default men's regional standard that applies when federal law does not provide a state of mind requirement so that only those who actually intend to commit the crime can be criminally liable. It also creates uniform definitions for several terms that are used frequently through Title 18 of the Criminal Code. This legislation protects honest Americans and small businesses from facing legal repercussions for unintentional Violations. In other words, uh, <laughs> in other words, you know, if you got somebody selling some crack out your back door uh, and you uh, your business and you have nothing about you, you won't be held liable. Because a lot of times, what they do, they they hold you liable because it's on your premises. Didn't know that, and that's when that forfeit asset, uh, what is it, asset forfeiture come in come into play? Because they seize yeah. everything then because it's on uh, your property. So they they trying to clean that up as well. Um, there's a lot of other stuff on here. I, we got 12 minutes. I'm really not gonna be able to get to it all. But speaking of civil asset forfeiture reform, 
they're actually going to try to change that a little bit too. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see. Um, the bill raises the standard of proof law enforcement must show before depriving an individual of his or her property, increases accountability and oversight of seizures and forfeitures, and strengthens protections for Americans whose property has been seized by law enforcement agencies. Now, this is a law, something we have talked about quite often here on the show, where they stop you on the side of the road and you have a whole lot of money in your pocket. You know, and it then it's up to you to, to prove to an officer that has stopped you that it's not drug related or illegally gained. Well, under this new law, no, 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 they're just not going to be able to do that, which is good. Which is good. You know, we, we read your story about a guy who had his truck taken. And um, Pete told me the other day, he still ain't got his truck back yet. That's just for having a pistol in, in his truck. No, he had that right. No, he bullets. had bullets. Yeah, he had bullets. Yeah. yeah. So, and he didn't have no so, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, you know, you have to be careful and watch those type of things. All right, we got another caller here. Let's bring him in here real quick. Ten minutes, Devin. Hey, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? You got me. I heard about that. Hey, hey Joe. Hey, T. I mean, hey, Eric. Yeah, that that law is not going to do anything for the asset forfeiture law. There's, that law, that asset forfeiture, unconstitutional law, is too profitable for the local sheriffs and for police forces. I think that this thing, <coughs> excuse me, that you just mentioned is just another piece of political theater, with the politicians are falling out there. That's all. You think that's all it is? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see. We will see. Well, you know, um, you and I don't have much hey, faith hey. in Mr. Smith, so. Mm. Yeah. Well, your boy say he'll sign it. He say he'll sign it. The only well, one that's so. that, that had the problem with it is the Republican leadership. They're the ones who say they won't sign it, so. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. ain't got a problem with vote for it, but, you know. But other than that, it's got bipartisan report. I mean, support. So who knows? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, no. all, almost all bills do, but so what? Look at what America is turning yeah. into. Yeah. <laughs> right? Where's your faith, Joe? Where's your faith? Yeah, I don't have no faith. <laughs> Please. If I could leave the country Please. right now and go to some place where I could um, feel that I could be relaxed and at peace, I would do it. Mm. Hey, take maize with you, and y'all. Y'all can build your own country. Yeah, I'll take maize with me. So, you know, for some reason, that she won't be able to go all the way to where I'm going. For some reason, I don't know why. Well, I don't know, but um, wherever I'm going, if maize is going with me, I just have a feeling she just won't make the trip. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, Lord. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to go any further with that. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further with that. I would not. All right. No, no, no. So when do you right, have another Joe, you relationship show? You want to have another relationship show, Joe? Yeah. What, what kind of relationship, Joe? 
Well, the one that always gets controversy because there isn't any other. Um, I haven't, I've never been on a show yet where I've offered my viewpoints where people didn't say, no, 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 that's not the way it is. And I say, yes, it is. And they say, no, no, no. So it doesn't matter what kind of relationship show we have. It's always going to have, um, you know, detractors. So it doesn't matter. Okay. You know, me and P had talked about doing one too, so we we may have to go and look at it, look up our notes and see if okay, we want to do it. Yeah. yeah, we had thought about doing one. You you, hey, you with um, that, P? Can you hear? Can yeah, you, we can. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you fine. Can yeah, you? Okay, because I'm on the speakerphone, but let me let me get off the speakerphone because I I still have the buzz. Let's see if the buzz comes in. Well, Can I you hear the, the buzz, buzz now? Yeah, the buzz is there now. Yeah, I yeah. figured. I... Ah, Crap-ass phone. I don't know what the hell to do with this thing. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, damn. I told you about trying to talk to me on that Obama phone, Joe. Fine. This isn't even the Obama phone. My Obama phone works fine. This thing this thing just plain sucks.
Yeah, I just want to acknowledge you, my brother. All right, uh, once again, thank y'all. Guest 573 in the chat room, thank you for hanging out. We'll be back here Friday, uh, Lord willing. Uh, I don't know what you talk about. Maybe relationships. Yeah, I think we would. What you think, P? We do. Oh, thank it. Let me hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. What you think, P? Relationship Friday? Yeah. Uh, no. That got a little ring no. to it. No. Why not? No. 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 Why not? We gonna need it. Because we're going to need a, more than a few days to, to really research on relationship stuff. We, you just can't jump into relationship stuff like like that. We're going to need some time. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I forgot. I forgot. Monday then. All right, Joe, we do yeah. relationship Monday. We may start Friday, but we'll finish Monday. Depends <laughs> on what we're talking about. All right. <laughs> Hey, I'm pretty good at that. So, but anyway, thank y'all for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll be back here Friday with something for you. I don't know. Oh, we'll do a feel-good Friday. That'll be it. Okay, that'll work for me. All right, but anyway, we'll be back Friday, y'all, 2 p.m. Central Eastern Trouble Pacific. Remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive what for heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself, everything else is gravy. Go take y'all out of here today with some Humpty, y'all, with the Humpty dance, my old schoolers. Y'all know what that's about. All right, y'all, till Friday. Y'all have a great week. See you then. We out of here. What you doing? Cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny, but yo, I'm making money, see? So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town, and my sound's laid down by the underground. I drink a ball of Hennessy you got on your shelf. So just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty, pronounced with the Humpty. Yo, ladies, oh, how I like to funk thee. And all the rappers in the top ten, please allow me to bump thee. I'm stepping tall, y'all, and just like Humpty Dumpty, you're gonna fall when the stereos pump me. I like the rhyme, I like my beats funky, I'm spunky. I like my oatmeal lumpy, I'm sick with this. Straight gangster Mac. But sometimes I get ridiculous I'll eat up all your crackers and your licorice Oh, yo, fat girl Come here, are you ticklish? Yeah, I called you fat Look at me, I'm skinny It never stopped me from getting busy I'm a freak I like the girls with the boom I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom I'm crazy Allow me to amaze thee They say I'm ugly, but it just don't faze me I'm still getting in the girls' dance And I even got my own dance Tickle your rear, my nose is big Uh-uh, I'm not ashamed, big like a pickle I'm still getting paid, I get laid by the ladies You know I'm in charge Both how I'm living and my nose is large I get stupid, I shoot an arrow like Cupid I use a word that don't mean nothing Like lucid, I sang on do what you like And if you missed it, I'm the one who said just grind
have them in the biscuit. Also, bring it up. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.